Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. As always, glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana. As always, Today, it says the three best to go here after the Indianapolis Star will 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, we're back on this Wednesday program. Thornton's text line is open, Yeah, no, I mean, Exhibit 10 is, is, is sort of like a, um, a training camp contract. It's not exactly that. Um, obviously, you know, for, for instance, the Pacers signed, I think, three guys uh, to Exhibit 10 the other day, and they brought them in for practice, and they're probably going to cut them immediately. I mean, it's, 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 and that's not because they did anything wrong, basically. I mean, they sort of showed up at practice. Like, you get a bonus if you make a viewing team, uh, and you were on an Exhibit 10. Like, they can pay you a little bit more and stuff like that. So, for Travis, who's our member from Kentucky, um, and as well as Stanford, um, and Kyle Mangus, who was an Indiana Wesleyan guy, was a superstar there. Uh, they brought all those three guys in. The pages don't have any room for them, um, so there was never going to be an opportunity, you know, but that means they can put them on the mat and pay them a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if that was always the case with Langford uh, and Utah or not, if the intention was always, always to have them. And as part of the G League or not, uh, it could have been. Um, but that, that leaves open that possibility, and that's the likelihood. Certainly you have an opportunity if you want to. Um, if you're somebody else that intends, it, it feels like you have a roster spot at this point here uh, and you want to bring Ramley Langford on, you have the opportunity, I believe. I think when it's, it's way like there's a shot. Um, but I would think the more likely scenario is probably will end up in the G League with the Jazz and have an opportunity there. Now, he's on the two-way. Um, you know, that's another interesting, I'm not sure what the Jazz's two-way scenario is. Well, obviously you have these guys that go back and forth, but generally you, know, you don't do that once you're – uh, so far in the league, um, but obviously that's another you know area where you can find guys. Is, is you can you, you play a certain percentage uh, of your games at the uh, NBA level and a certain amount at the G League level, and they've got three roster spots for that now. Basically, that's three tacked on to the 15 guaranteed. Um, so I mean, he's still going to have a chance, obviously. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll have an opportunity, seek other opportunities if he wants to. Um, but if uh, you know, it, it is possible that he got an exhibit 10 for the purpose of being. Uh, on a Jazz Gilead roster and maybe getting some, some work there. Yeah, you know, it was strange because he actually got a little bit of opportunity to play for the Jazz on Monday. So you think, okay, mm-hmm. maybe they're giving him a chance here early on to see what he can do. But then the very next day, uh, release is put out that he's been waived from his contract. So kind of just an interesting scenario there. Sure, well, I mean, it, and it, it doesn't mean, again, that they don't see something positive for him. I mean, it, it, uh, it, you know, we're talking really tight rosters. Uh, you know, it's, it's different than, than football and even baseball. Um, you know, when there's a lot of – there are more spots to be had, so there's more to be done um, in the preseason, basically. I and mean, obviously, you know, really when it comes to a football camp, I mean, you're, you're talking to good tennis, you know, so spots uh, are won or lost uh, in preseason. There's, there's, there's a significant amount that gets done in these preseason games about, you know, spots toward the end of the roster. Uh, you know, the NBA is not like that. I mean, you, you, I, mean I could have told you, you know, weeks in it, basically in July, 
bring guys in the fold, get them paid, get them that roster, you know, some roster bonuses and whatnot. Um, so it, it does not surprise me that he might have had a good performance uh, in a preseason game and still got cut. That doesn't mean he did anything wrong. It, it might kind of pave the way for them to get him uh, more situated on the G League roster. Yes, Bill Kerak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. You know, someone asked yesterday, let's say Romeo doesn't get another NBA opportunity this season or in the future, where is he at as far as an NBA pension and retirement? It's hard to think about that with such a young guy that's just a couple years outside of college, to be honest. But I think I saw, looking it up, that the NBA pension for someone Being a roster player, so I think Romeo would meet that requirement regardless of what happens moving forward. And in some way, that's a big thing for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really helpful. I and mean, I'm going to, as I, I'm going to Google this and see what his um, lifetime earnings are. Yeah, I mean, so we have three years in. I mean, I think he, he has enough uh, to be vested. Um, I think he's got to be three years. And so let's see what this is about. Right. So you can obviously, great website is. like 
plan is, you know, this, this guy is going to, you know, knock down the shop that you give him. Um, so that, I think, adds to their case. I mean, I think they're in really, it seems like they're in really good shape from everything I've seen, and, and again, what I've seen is mostly what other people have reported. Um, you know, but it, it sounds like it's between Evan and Kentucky, and that's not, it's certainly never easy to be, it's to be Kentucky, but uh, certainly they've helped themselves, and I think obviously when you can point to Jalen Luchasino and the, um, you know, in, improvement he made in the year and, and the degree to which he set himself up, uh, you know, for an NBA shot certainly, um, you know, makes a big difference. I think when he's making that case, so I think they're, in, I think they're in good shape. Obviously, there's no guarantees because you're, you're talking about a big-time program that they're battling against to get him, and this is a huge, big-time recruit. Um, and so, you know, there's as much as it doesn't help you at all. I mean, if, if, you, if you finish second in that one, it's work hard and put a lot of time into it. Um, but uh, you know, they seem to have put themselves in a really good position, and, and you know, they, they invested in a lot of these blue chip guys for years in the 2024 class.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's one missing for all the small schools and never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's one for Coach? You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line open, 
right it might. And um, for that team, though, for our boys to just kind of buck up the chin straps and get back to work the next week, it was amazing. You know, and there was a lot of distractions that week, too. If you, I mean, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's been so long ago, but there was the heat, and then we had the lightning and thunderstorm night, and then we had to move our game to Bedford to meet them halfway. Like, there was all these distractions in the world, and our kids just kept, just kept the course, just kept their head straight, kept focused in, and had that um, hell of a win over there at Bedford, over, over uh, Terre Haute South, you know, by one point on the last second play. And then after that, it, it, there was that confidence that started to shine through. Like, we can do this, you know. Uh, a year ago in that, that game, we probably would have just laid down. You know, a year ago right now, we were sitting here, and we were twiddling our thumbs, how are we uh, four and six when we've lost three games under 45 seconds, you know. This year, we flipped the switch, and we've won those games under 45 seconds. And it's always one of those things where I think you have to go through it and experience the pain of those losses, and then we learn from those mistakes and move forward. And that's why we're eight and one right now, because those kids think it don't matter what the score is, and there's time on that clock, we're going to go down and score, or we can get stopped, we're going to win this thing. And that's huge moving into the tournament, especially. Central High School. Coach, you know, you get to this part of the year with the success, the success that you had, um, you know, we normally would single out some key players and different positions that have really helped you to this point, and there definitely has been plenty of that, but there has been so many different contributions to your team over the course of the season. It's hard to really single players out. What do you think has been a key for this team? Has there been a certain area of things, the offense, the defense? Has there been a certain leadership that you've seen from older returning players, seniors? What have been some of the keys to allow this success to continue at the rate it has? Well, some of the success this year is, is just the gelling of not only the staff together, but also the players. Uh, we started something, accountability buddies. And um, it's where, like, if a player, you, we made a accountability buddy up, and we have a guy that uh, if he's not doing what he's supposed to, not showing up to practice or missing a meeting or he's late, not only does he have to run a little extra, his accountability buddy does too. So uh, I even have one. Uh, Cameron and Harry is my accountability buddy. And uh, I was late to a meeting over over um, over fall break, and he comes up to me and goes, Coach, why are you late? And he starts kind of like asking me questions. And he goes, well, you know what that means? I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm going to go see Coach Sam's after practice. And he does too. So we have to run because we're accountability buddies. I mean, I think that's been a huge thing there. Um, the other thing that's been helped out is that, um, you know, each unit has struggled at some point during the season. And they haven't pointed fingers. They haven't blamed other people. They haven't got defensive about it. They just strapped up the chin strap, buckled their belt up a little tighter, and say, we got to go back to work. You know, our first couple of weeks, our defensive uh, backfield was just getting berated because they are giving up touchdowns and fades and all this stuff. And people were throwing for 300 yards on us um, every game, it seemed like. And those guys, you know, didn't just took the just took the – kind of the, the tongue lashing, I guess, from the from the team and just went back to work. And now, I mean, they've been kind of lights out these past three weeks. You know, um, our offensive line struggled midway through the season. And instead of pointing fingers and, and making excuses, they buckled up their chin straps, and now they're one of the better offensive lines around. And, and they're flying around. We're blocking. We're running for 300 yards a game, you know, 400 yards of offense. So everybody's done, you know, and nobody has pointed a finger at anybody. It's just like, hey, I'm not performing right now. i got to I gotta come back to practice next week. we got to hold each other accountable, and we got to move forward. And they've done a great job with that um, this past season. Coach Bragg, that's great. Let's talk about the sectional coming up. Evansville North, not a team on your regular season schedule, but someone that you guys are familiar with from last season. 
What do you know about the Huskies? They seem to have had a really solid year coming out of always competitive, always good Evansville when it comes to high school football. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're a lot similar to where they were last year. You know, um, they got a couple deep in the line, especially this Dixon kid that's just phenomenal. He's over 300 pounds, and he moves like he's 220. Um, he's awesome. You know, he's a great player. They got a defensive end that's going to give us some problems. Um, but, you know, their backfield's a little different this year. They don't have that standout back. You know, St. Louis is gone, um, and they got to have a three-headed monster back there um, that, that do a very good job for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we are a totally different team than the last time we played. You know, one thing we talked about last year was, um, you know, it was a great game until about the fourth quarter, and then we gassed out, and, and they, just, they just overran us with their size and their speed, you know. And, um, you know, that's one thing the boys are talking about right now is that we're not going to gas out. You know, they, in fact, this bye week we have, um, a couple of them came up to the other weekend and said, hey, are we going to add any conditioning this week? And I go, excuse me? And they're like, hey, we want to we get back to kind of what we did for, um, week one and, and going into St. X with some of, the, some of the conditioning stuff we did. So we've added it back into practice um, because they don't want to gas out. You know, they don't want to. They don't want their condition to be a factor at any time this year. And, and that's one thing that I will give to our strength coach, you know, and, um, and our summer programming was that it was harder than it's ever been, in my opinion, since I've been here. And those kids, you know, they could have quit. They could have died. They could have pointed fingers made excuses, and they didn't. They just kept plugging away. And I really do think that the work these kids have put in in the offseason in the weight room but also on the field and the sprint work from April to now has paid off. And that's why we're eight and one. And that's why they have the confidence to think they can go in and, and beat anybody right now. So uh, we're excited about the game, especially being here. We don't have a two-hour bus ride and a time change, you know, uh, for once. Um, so we're excited about uh, the Huskies coming over here and kind of getting a little bit of a – some people like me are calling it a revenge tour. Seems like anybody who's beat us last year, we, we've kind of paid them back this year. But for us, we just want to go out and compete and, and show everybody that, you know, we are a very, very good football team and that we can do make some noise in this tournament. I'm curious about the bye week. I know it's nothing new. It's 5A football. You play the regular season, you know, back-to-back-to-back weeks, obviously, weeks one through nine, and then you get to this point. And it is a little change in the routine as far as practices and conditioning and different things. But how odd is it to have a Friday night off as far as the game goes after nine in a row? I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie personally. Uh, Personally, I like it. So, you know, this week we practiced uh, Monday through Wednesday like normal. Tomorrow morning on Thursday we're going to go before school. And then I'm going to take two of my four kids, and, and we're going to go back to Illinois and see my folks and my family a little bit because I, I, um, I just haven't seen them um, very much. So it's kind of uh, refreshing for me uh, to be able to do that, but also kind of for the kids too because they don't get a fall break. You know, everybody else in the area had fall breaks and was able to go on vacations and things. And, um, and we weren't, so it's kind of nice to uh, how focused they were during the break. They come back, we get, we're back at school, but a lot of those kids will end up doing something on this weekend, you know, go to college visits, uh, go out of town with their folks, you know, go to Nashville for a couple nights or whatever, and that's kind of nice for them. So, you know, it's uh, it, I, I always hated the bye week, but at the end of the day, it's not going away anytime soon, so you might as well embrace it and make it, make it work for you, you know. So um, practice has been great this week. You know, we've done some different things, some some different scenario things. We've kind of had a couple of drills that are more game-like. Um, uh, little unorthodox things that we, we, we'd love to do all week during the regular season. You just run out of time to do it, you know what I mean? So um, I do enjoy the bye week right now. And um, 
show up to practice or show up to a game. It's business-like, and, and we're here to do a job. So. James Frank, Lake Central Football. Coach, it's been a lot of fun to follow you guys through the season. Best of luck against Evansville North. And let's hope the postseason continues long enough that we can have another chat here on the show. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you again. So, thank you, guys.